For years, dads in the media have been portrayed as fools and bumbling idiots, the constant butt of jokes. But according to a mountain of statistics, dads are one of the most stabilizing factors in a home and in the futures of their children. Hi, I'm Colin Lambert, and this is the Dad Ain't No Joke podcast. Our mission's simple, change the narrative about dads. Feature dads who are doing their best to serve their families and build a community of dads committed to those they love. Each episode will seek to have quality conversations with dads who are known or unknown about their highest highs and lowest lows, and with experts in the field who can share some of the most important elements dads bring to the family. Dad, one of the most challenging and rewarding jobs in the world. John Fugler is the Chief Content Officer for TWR. He's a long-timer in Christian broadcasting, publishing, missions, and we're excited to have him today on the Dad Ain't No Joke podcast. John, welcome. Oh, thank you, Colin. It's good to be here with you. Well, let's start first thing always off the bat, just so everybody's got an idea of who you are and the kind of the family structure. Tell us uh, who you're married to and kind of who's in the home, who's out of the home. Sure. Well, it's my wife and I, Nooney are the only ones in the home now. Our dog passed away a couple of years ago too. So oh. we're like here. <laughs> um, and uh, so we beg our kids and grandkids to come and uh, be at our place and they they do come. But uh, yeah, it's uh, my wife and I have been married almost 45 years and we got three kids. We've got uh, nine grandchildren and they're spread around the country of one family in Colorado and they've got three kids. We've got another family in Florida, they've got six kids, and uh, then our daughter is in California, and she's not married, no kids. Um, so we we get to go to different places in order to take breaks. It's it's wonderful, good places to visit. Yeah, I bet those two older kids, boys, both. Yes, they're twins. Oh, they're cool. twins. All right. Yep. Well, that may have its own set of challenges. We'll talk about that in just a moment. <laughs> John, I want to take you back to the early days, marriage first time the children come, and in this case, it's two, so we can actually talk about some of that here. What were you all thinking when those first moments of finding out you're pregnant, those first kids are coming? Talk about that experience. Oh, man. Well, I tell you, it was exciting. You know, it's it's so new, the first one, of course. And back then, we didn't know whether it's a girl or a boy, so you just, you go with it, and you find out when, when the child is born, it was our daughter. And I, um, I really was sure she was going to be a boy. You know, it was, I was cer- sure because, um, I'm a big Dodger fan and had the boy's <laughs> name picked out and the girl's name picked out and I'm a big Dodger fan. And, uh, Tommy John is one of my favorite players. And he was, I think he was pitching that day. It was a postseason. He was pitching that day and I'm, I'm going definitely going to be a boy. It's definitely going to be as Tommy John is pitching today here in the postseason, and uh and it was it was jana oh. <laughs> not tommy who was born i'm going i'm really surprised but immediately that was out of my mind i was just absolutely ecstatic about jana being born so that thought of it being a boy that lasted about you know five seconds and i went right into girl mode and it was a thrill i'll tell you so that that's my memory, kind of funny, but that's the truth. I love that. I love that. And I think we're all in those moments, uh, especially those of us who waited. We, My wife and I waited as well to find out about 
uh, our kids' uh, sex until you know the the birth. We loved the the anticipation. Now everybody wants to know ahead of time, but we wanted kind of the surprise at the time and uh, love uh, even that story and and the heart change in that moment from looking for that boy to the ecstatic nature of having a girl and and dads who are listening probably know there is a, always seems to be an, an amazing connection between dads and daughters. Did you experience that as she was growing up? Oh yeah. Uh, and she is an, a huge baseball fan. She's a huge <laughs> Dodger fan. So that helps. We text back and forth uh, with joys and agony and, and everything. We go to ball games together and we, we get together. I got to tell you, Colin, one of the first moments she was, I don't think she was even two years old, probably a year and a half. And Jane and I went to the Dodger game together. Now, I remember this is an hour and a half drive, and she's a year and a half, and I take my daughter to her first Dodger game. She couldn't even talk. So we, uh, so she must have been younger than a year and a half. I don't know what time kids, when kids start talking, but but she wasn't saying really much. <laughs> I went to the game, and then afterwards came out, and I strapped her in the car, in the back seat, you know, in her car seat. And she looks up, and she says, Jaina happy. Uh, and it's moving when I think about that now. That was her first expression of emotion wow. as a child. Wow. And it's like, why? I still see her looking up in my face. And we talk about that and we laugh about that as a family. And <laughs> Jaina happy. And I, I'm thinking, all right, this girl, this is great. Dodger fan through and through too. <laughs> so we, we bonded in that moment. <laughs> Dad happy too, right? That's right. <laughs> oh. uh, that's awesome. We'll come back to, to, to Jana in just a moment. Twins were next. Uh, I don't know that anybody is ever fully prepared for twins. Uh, talk about that experience. Yeah, it was almost two years later that the twins were born. Uh, so you're, you're talking about our already we're just trying to figure out parenthood. And then we get two that come along and I'm, I'm working hard too. back then. I just, we're doing every, whatever we can to make ends meet. I was involved in ministry. And so they were born and we got a two for one deal at the hospital, but that's when it ended. Uh, they, you get to, you only have to pay for, for one, uh, one birth one. And so we get two and that was, uh, it's a blur really is a blur for me. It's a blur for my wife too. But one thing I do remember, which was fantastic, you know, twins are hard to take care of, you know, babies, but there becomes a point and it's early on that they begin playing with each other. Uh -huh. So you've got, they're, they're wrestling with each other. They're looking at each other, they're smiling at each other, doing things that they always did things together. That was a real benefit. And, you know, since they're about the same size, whenever they wrestled, it would always be a draw. They just exhausted after that because nobody would win. <laughs> <laughs> and what are their names? Tommy and Travis. Tommy. So you did get a Tommy there in the family. Yes, that is Tommy John. There Tommy John Fugler. <laughs> how about that? How about that? Well, better late than never. Uh, yeah. how, how did you do you remember at all how Jaina responded to the two boys coming into the family? She was in charge. She loved it. Um, she was the boss. And she would dress them up in tutus and she would uh, just, she would take care of them and they would be like her, her dolls. So, and they would, they would obey. I mean, what did they know? So it was one on two, but she was the one that was enjoying it and they did too. But uh, I still remember that she was the, the one who always pushed the envelope, 
and she was she was the leader. She was in charge. I love that. I love that. Now, you're an author and you've got a brand new book out. And I actually want to kind of bring it up at this point, because I think some of what you have in here is important. But you also have some thoughts, which we'll get to a little later about things that maybe you would have done differently. But your brand new book just out is called Silence Your Inner Pharisee and the subtitle Ditch Performance and Embrace Radical Freedom in Christ. And I know that that part of this is about this feeling many Christians have, believers have, people have, that you need to perform for the Lord. You need to be, you know, doing things always, you know, 100% of the time at the top level and, you know, failure, you can't do that, or you're going to let Jesus down, or you're going to let a ministry down. You obviously have more to say about this, but give me just a little feedback of how maybe some of the thoughts you have in this new book might apply to a dad that's that's facing the the new child, the new second or third child, or uh, having to care or provide for children. Where, where do you see some of those thoughts coming in? Well, I think as as men, we are performers. We like to do well. We like to be good at what we do. We want to be a great father. Uh, we want to be a, a great husband. We want to. We don't want to make mistakes, uh, and that's the same. I think in our Christian life too, this can spill over. It goes back and forth. We're not two different people. We're not like one person spiritually and one person physically. It comes together. So as we fulfill our role as a husband, as we fill our role as a father, man, we want to do well. And my background, uh, believe it or not, Colin, is sports, baseball. Would you believe it? (laughs) 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 So, you know, I grew up as an athlete, grew up uh, with success defined by the outcome, success defined by performance and how well I did. And I think that that, and I know that bled over into my Christian life where I wanted to do well for Jesus. I wanted to serve him well. And I equated the quality of my service for the Lord to the health of my relationship with him. And those aren't true. That That's not a truth. And we we believe that, I think, a lot of times as men, too, because we're so into the, the performance thing. And when it comes to, to being a father, this parenting thing, man, we, I think we, we almost look like how our kids turn out as that outcome as to how well we did. Uh, and if they didn't turn out well, it reflects bad on us. So there's a lot of that mixed in, I believe. And if we can remember their identity is in Christ, that 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 relationship with God is the most important thing in our lives. Everything else cascades from there, whether it be how we walk with the Lord, how we serve the Lord, how we parent. Um, everything that we do cascades from that that one thing, and that is that the most important thing in our lives is our relationship with God. Yeah. You know, I appreciate you bringing this up because it I think, and and from my perspective, I have faced this. I think one of the most challenging things as a parent is just what you've described, this feeling that somehow anything you did wrong or any maybe shortfalls is responsible, that, that you're responsible for whatever performance uh, children do once they're grown. I mean, people listening to the podcast today who have small children, you're not even really thinking about this. But let me tell you, when they leave the home— and they're out on their own, and they're making sometimes good decisions and sometimes poor decisions, you ask questions about your own 
experience as a dad, as a mom, you you look at that and you say, man, what did I do wrong? Or where did I fail in this area? Or why, boy, why didn't I spend more time on such and such? And that had to be what led to this. It's almost a cause and effect. I think part of what we forget is that you know, once they're out on their own, they're adults on their own, they're responsible for their own actions. They're making their own choices just like we did when we moved out of parents' home and started doing it. Not that our parenting doesn't have any effect on the kids, but I think we have to have a better perspective on our responsibility for what happens with those kids once they move out of the home. Mm, yeah, and there's that gnawing feeling of if I'd done it something differently, maybe it would have turned out differently. Yeah, that's true. That's that's partially true. But we, you know, we raise our kids and we try to treat them all the same, and the outcomes can be different. And we're not in in control. We're not in control. They they have the ability to make decisions, and they will. Um, but we make mistakes. We're not perfect parents. Uh, I've got, like you said, my next book, I think is going to be uh, 10 things I would have done differently. And I've had this list here for a few years because that's true. I, I would have done things differently as a parent. Now that I'm way beyond that and I'm into the grandparenting now, I'm really smart about parenting, but I wish I was that smart when I was uh, when I was doing the parenting of our kids. Uh, yeah, Colin, it's that, that tension of how responsible are we for the way our kids turn out and how responsible are they for the way they turn out? Hey, we want to do our best job and we can't shirk our responsibility and we need to do the best we can. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's also interesting that as we live in this current culture, I think you have to include what is going on in the media and social media as well. It's a lot of comparison games, you know, oh, look at look at that couple's kids. Look how great they're doing and mine aren't doing as well or vice versa. Look how great my kids are doing. And what happened to my friend whose kids are kind of going off the deep end? I mean, that comparison game uh, is also even part of that concept of of in your language, ditching performance mentality. You have to get rid of that performance mentality. And that's only when you do that. Uh, you have the opportunity to become free. Uh, you know, ditching performance and a relationship with God, whether it plays out in our parenting or about our, our service in the church or just our obedience, and, and embrace radical freedom in Christ. That's the source of our freedom. Uh, and it doesn't matter which aspect of our life it is, but that's that's the answer. You know, this I say the secret to life is knowing Christ and knowing Him as as He intends for for us to know him. That's what that's where it all goes. That's the root of it. And out of that comes uh our actions and our service and and everything else. I know it's a lot of time in in years, 18, 20 years you have kids in your home, you know, usually around that amount of time, but and it's a lot to choose from, but as you look back on the lives of your three kiddos, anything stand out as kind of a, a highlight? This was like one of the best moments or a super highlight uh, high points of your relationship or of their lives that you look back on and go, man, that just was kind of the peak of my experience with being a parent. I'm going to go back. Um, this won't be a peak, but it's the, I think for all three kids and myself, it was a memory. They go back and they say, that was a special time. And I wish I'd done this more. 
when they were in grade school, maybe kindergarten or first grade, I took each of them out of school for a half day. I think it was a half day and spent that half day with them. You know, I came, got them out of school, and then we just went off and went to the playground and went to McDonald's maybe or something like that. I don't exactly remember what we did, but we spent those hours together. And that was really special. I just set aside my schedule, set aside work, took the half day off, went and got them out of school, and we went and we played. And I did that with each one of them over a period of, of weeks or months. I can't remember. I can't tell you about the timing and all of that. I can just feel those, those same memories. And they remember it too. And the joy that they experience and the look on their face as they talk about that in the past. So that's that's um that's one of them. Uh, another one was, and we would do this. My wife and I would do this every every payday. We would take the kids to the candy store. There's a candy store right around the corner from our house, and they would each have a dollar to get whatever they wanted of candy. And they, you know, look in the different jars and different shelves, and they get a chance to pick the candy. And that is something we all look back on too, as as happy moments of. Yeah, it's it's payday. It's candy day. We get to spend a dollar. And back then, it, you could get a lot of candy for a dollar. Now, now you can't get that much. Yeah, yeah. But I, I guess I, I say that because it's, it's not in the extraordinary. It's not in the big things. And you go to yeah, we went to Disney World together because we didn't. Um, but it's it's making the ordinary special, and you never know when that's going to happen. You never know when that's going to happen. So I wish I had more of those ordinary moments that that we that, that God put together for us. But those are ones that just stick in my mind that I know they stick in their minds, too, because we talked about it. So looking at some of those highlights, I think those are key for us to always uh, have those moments that we can look back on and kind of celebrate and those milestones, those markers of of amazing, fun, powerful, impacting times. I think we also look back as dads on challenging times and often what we learned through those. Are there any challenging moments that stand out either in your children's time at home or even since they've been grown that just stand out as, you know, boy, this this really just challenged me more than I thought it would and maybe something you learned from that? Mm -hmm. Well, I think um, our move we moved from one city in California to another at a time that was really hard for, especially our daughter. And she was at an age where she had made some good friends and we pulled her away from the friends. And you know, that was, that was really hard. It wasn't as tough for our boys. One of our sons, it was more difficult than the other, but as boys can be, they adapt, seems like they adapt more, but it was really hard for our daughter. And that transition was very difficult. And as I look back on it, I didn't realize how difficult it was or how difficult it, it would be. I was so immersed in my own work and transfer of ministry from working at one radio ministry, went to another radio station and moved to a great part on the coast of California. And it was that was a challenging time, I think, for all of us. I look back and our daughter, a year or two later, we went back to the town we moved from, and she saw some of her old friends and spent a little time with them. And she turned to us and she said, I am so glad 
you moved us to San Luis Obispo <laughs> because she realized afterwards that uh, that wouldn't have been good to stay. And um, but at the at the time going through it is really difficult. And I think one one of the hard things for me as as a father is putting it all in perspective. You learn as you go. Um, you learn through your failures. You learn through your successes, and then as you look back on it, you say, "Oh, okay, this is." I didn't quite handle that right, or I would have done this differently, or why didn't I see that? Because you're going through it for the first time, and it is difficult, very difficult. We experienced that same thing with a move uh, right around high school, middle school years. That was that was tough, so I can totally identify with that, and that's always a challenge, and I don't know that I would have learned how to do it any better, but certainly, as you said, would have learned uh, or have learned since that uh, there's a lot of things you need to take into consideration when you're considering moves at certain ages with with kids. Uh, one thing I didn't ask you about, I wanted to touch on for just a moment, just to get an idea, and there's no right or wrong to it, but as you and Nooney uh, started having kids, they were young and started growing. Did you specifically put in place uh, anything related to faith, uh, you know, Bible time, Bible stories, uh, dinner time together? Or were there any kind of faith-oriented things? Obviously, you were believers and you were probably in church, but I mean, were there any things you did in the home or that you tried to do raising them that that were specific to, hey, I want to transfer my knowledge and faith to them? You know, as as you bring that up and my whole list of things I would have done differently, a couple of those tie into that. You know, I marvel at the dads that can be out with their their son or their daughter and they see something happening out there or they drive by this park or they drive by that or they're in this experience and and automatically they turn this to a great teaching opportunity, you know, and and they bring in the word of God and and they tell a parable and they tell this story. <laughs> For me, I got nothing. I mean, I just I I just I miss it. I don't I, I just don't do that. I wish I had done that. I wish I had um taught the word of God in everyday settings to our kids. And and that probably takes planning. I can't say that uh I can't use the excuse of, well, I'm just not good at that, so I get a I get a pass. No, I may not be good at it, but what are some lessons I can teach them and bring in the word of God into real life settings of where they're where they're at? So I wasn't good at that. So we of course we tried family devotions. You probably did too. Uh some are really great at this. Our are, they just, they really do this. They're able to hold the attention of the kids and everything. And we tried that and that didn't work real well. We were in a well-grounded church all the way through. And I think that was so important for our kids to be involved in, in church. But a lot of times we turn over our responsibilities of spiritual leadership to to the church. And I feel we we did more of that than we should have done ourselves. And I got to tell you, I believe I probably had my priorities wrong. Because I was involved in ministry, so I was serving the Lord, uh, involved in leadership at church, you know, serving the Lord, uh, wall-to-wall uh, activities. I was doing the morning show at times in radios. You're getting up at at 4:30 in the morning, and I needed to step back and have my perspective that what is uh, in my priorities, where do the kids fit in? And I somehow I wish I could go back. We all do and worked in that way of life teaching 
into our kids' lives. But um, yeah, that that to me is challenging, and I admire the dads that can do that. John, I appreciate you sharing that. I I can totally identify with what you're saying, and it's so easy, especially for those involved in ministry, to put ministry before family. And it's, hey, I'm serving God. Hey, I'm doing what God's called me to do. Hey, I, I have to be there for this thing because I'm part of that ministry. It's so easy to do. I've done it myself and regret, you know, those moments where, boy, I should have just been home that evening. Now, I did a lot of things like get to, you know, kids' games. I was at all the kids' games. If they had a game, I was there. You know, I made time for some of those things. Yet in other ways, I I failed to be as present as I needed to be because I was doing ministry. And it seems like such an easy thing to say, well, I'm doing this for the Lord. But you can neglect marriages, you can neglect children, you can neglect other duties uh, and in the sake of ministry. And I think that's something all of us as dads uh, probably need to weigh, especially if we're in the ministry realm versus maybe work. And of course, in the generic work world, you have to prioritize your family above your work. But I think in ministry, we just seem to think it's okay sometimes because it's for God and that makes it okay. Yeah. Uh, but I appreciate you sharing that because I think that's real. I-, I wanted to, in the time we have left, just maybe touch on a few more of those things that uh, you're willing to share. And for other for folks listening, it could be a preview of this book to come. <laughs> uh, we get a little uh, a head look at, at maybe the next book. Uh, but maybe another thing or two that you would have done differently as a, as a dad in those years where you were trying to figure it all out. Well, uh, you know, as a sports guy and uh, our our boys played baseball and soccer and some basketball, our daughter played uh, softball. Um, she uh, so, so there's she she was athletic as well. She played soccer and and yet I feel like. Uh, I should have had more emphasis on the non-athletic activities. Our daughter is a great singer. Um, she she still is, and she's amazing. And I got a B in music in second grade. So how many people get a B in music in second grade? I'm still bitter about it. Uh, so how can you not get an A in music? I, I mean, I, it just so I was just not musical, and I. It was hard for me to appreciate and understand, really. I felt like an outsider when it came to music. So I, I would have gone back and and really understood more of her uh, musical talent and get more involved in that. So less time on just the athletic areas where I felt most comfortable. I think uh, I would have been more patient. Uh, had a problem with anger. That was, that was really tough for the whole family. Uh, and it wasn't until I realized that and I, I was able to work through that with some people is look at things that made me angry. Is this a, a one or a 10? One meaning not really important or 10 is life and death. And you better be angry about it. Where does it fall in there? And I found that everything that came up and made me angry was more like a two or three. And I treated it like a 10. And I would just get, it was like all or nothing. So where was that scale? So I've been more, would have been more patient and less angry. I was spent less time in radio and the radio station and ministry we were involved in. I would have taught the kids how to handle money. Yeah. I guess I would have learned how to do it myself and then taught them that. Uh, thankfully, they've gone through uh, the Dave Ramsey program. Praise God for that, because we, we didn't teach them much about 
handling money, spent more time one-on-one with them. When you have twins and those who have twins understand that you can treat them as a pair, but they are individuals. And I was spent more time individually with them and with our daughter rather than as a group. And when you're in a rush and when you're the pressures are on, you just want to get together and do things together, but taking times, having dates with, with each one of them, uh, we'd have taken more family vacations so we can build more memories together. We didn't, we didn't get away enough. I would have, that's one thing I would have done differently. Participation in athletics for fun and not always competition or improve our skills. Just go have fun doing sports. Now that, that was a tough one because I'm really competitive, but that's, that's what I would have done differently too, as well. Being more spontaneous and less serious. I, I can be fun. I can be intensely fun, but I can be really serious as well. I would, would love to have been more spontaneous and um, yeah, those are some of the things I would have done differently. Uh, I, I'd like to think those through and maybe share them with others. Like I have here, you're the first one uh, to have, to actually put this out here with me. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. And you know, th- that's part of what I want this podcast to be is opportunities for people to share some of those things. It's not just about, you know, here's the top 10 things to do to be a great dad or whatever. I, w- I want to have real conversations with real people about real parenting. And part of it, obviously, is looking back as your kids are grown and saying, what could I have done better and what can I now offer uh, to the next generation? You know, the Bible talks a lot about those mentoring type uh, relationships. And I know most Christian organizations and churches encourage you know, older men and older women to mentor those who are younger. I'm working with a mentoring agency uh, organization right now that uh, provides uh, the funding for my uh, radio program. So I'm learning a lot about the importance of mentoring. And if you look at the statistics, which I did before I launched this podcast about the importance of dads to families, it's overwhelming, John, what a dad actively involved in a home can do uh, for their kids, which is one of the reasons I felt so compelled to to pull this program together, but I'm, I'm just so grateful that you're willing to share some of these things uh, as learning points for those who might be listening who either have young kids and, and need that help before the kids get grown, or maybe even helping some guys like me process some of their own lives, having been through the younger years and now have young adults outside of the home. One thing I didn't ask you about, just quickly, your thoughts. I don't know that I've ever heard much about your father, did you have a good relationship with your father? Were there challenges there? And how do you think that impacted your fathering of your children? Well, my dad uh, didn't have a dad. His dad died when he was uh, when he was three years old. My dad was three years old. So um, he figured out as he went along. And, and so as I look back, my dad was uh, in some ways strict. He was I'll tell you, he and my mom were there for all my games, no matter what the weather was. And we were in upstate New York, so we had some cold, rainy, snowy uh, occasions, even outside. Uh, so he was there. To me, that that spoke so much that he was there. He bailed me out on a big issue that I ran into that was uh, pretty serious as a teenager, and he bailed me out there. So he's a provider. He, he showed his love. But like a lot of men and, and dads in that generation, they didn't just come out and say, hey, I love you. That was just the way it was. I don't know if we expected them to say that either, because that was kind of the norm, the status quo. So I, I think that 
um, you know, I had a had a dad who uh, he had some anger problems like like I did. And uh, so maybe that was one thing that was passed down. But I have to say that, um, you know, he, he figured it out as he went along. Um, and yeah, we had our ups and downs and we had some, some pretty tough times in there, but I'm thankful for his provision for his love for his care. And, uh, I think I see him, I think I see God because of the way I saw my father. I never have a problem with trusting God and his greatness and seeing his, his sovereignty and his fullness and all of that. Um, because that's what I saw in the characteristics of of my dad. Thanks for sharing that. I think that also uh, plays into a lot of our lives, uh, how our dads were, what we were around, what we experienced, and even into our uh, our marriages as as husbands, and certainly our our parenting as fathers. Uh, finally, John, for someone listening today, uh, maybe uh, kind of two ends of the spectrum for a for a dad who's a new dad just starting the process. Maybe the kids are still toddlers. They're not fully engaging yet. Uh, maybe a, a word of wisdom for that father. And on the opposite end, for a for a dad who maybe feels like he missed out on a lot of stuff or didn't do maybe as much as he should have, and now the kids are grown and gone, maybe a word for him in these years as his kids are now grown in a way? Mm. Well, I think when you're starting out, enjoy it enjoy it. And remember, there's going to be some, there's so much unexpected, so much you're not ready for, but take it in stride and enjoy it. Uh, challenges that you're going to have uh, are, there's just a variety of challenges, but enjoy the time you have with your kids, marvel at your kids, develop that while they're really young, that that bond and that relationship, make time for them. There's always going, there are always going to be demands. But if you make that a priority to be with them and to love on them and 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 just enjoy them, to me that would be my advice starting out. And then for those who the kids are gone and you're going, man, I've got that list too. I've got my ten things I would have done differently. <laughs> Some of those maybe you could go back and redo. Uh, time hasn't run out yet. Uh, but give give yourself some slack uh, if you need to go back to your kids and ask forgiveness. Uh, if you need to talk through some of these issues, I haven't even talked through these things that I've mentioned on the show with our kids, because this list has been tucked away for years and you're, you're the one who told me to bring it out. So we'll, we're, it'll give me a chance to go back and touch base with them on these because our parenting never ends. Our parenting never ends. Our fathering never ends. And when we get old and, uh, They'll they'll have to parent us after a while. So let's do the best we can to enjoy and really invest in our kids. It doesn't matter what age they are. The relationship changes, but we're still their dad. John Fugler, Chief Content Officer for Transworld Radio, long time in Christian broadcasting, publishing, missions, and his latest book, Silence Your Inner Pharisee, just came out recently. We'll link you to that and to John and to the ministry of TWR. Uh, after all of this is over. John, thanks so much for being available today and for sharing a bit of your life with us. Good to be here, Colin. Thank you for the opportunity. My thanks to John for joining me today. You know, I pray that something that's been shared will be helpful for you in the days ahead. I know it has been for me already. 
If you'd like to learn more about John or this podcast, stop by our new and growing website, dadain'tnojoke.com. That's dadain'tnojoke.com. I would also covet your feedback. Please subscribe, like the podcast, share it, leave your comments. It really does make a difference. While it may not be the toughest job on the planet, being dad is an important and impactful assignment. May God give us the strength and wisdom to do it well. And remember, dad ain't no joke. We'll see you next time.